Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing, the most trusted podcast dedicated to the new business of location. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 157. If you're doing the math, that is our first episode of our fourth year. This is November 22nd. That is a Friday evening, a dreary, rainy Friday evening in November. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. With me as usual... Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association, also in very rainy uh, Toronto, uh, not too far from you, uh, but uh, equally the same weather pattern. Come on, you know, uh, our uh, local ski hill here, Camp Fortune, opened up today. Can you believe it? We have a ski hill open. It's got one run, and it's got basically like two tracks. So you put your skis (laughs) in it, you go down. But it's there open you go. and it's pouring rain outside and it's like six or seven degrees Celsius, but uh, not so great. Uh, welcome back, Asif. Our new year begins today. Our fourth year together, the start of our fourth year together, 157 mm-hmm. episodes in. The reaction last week was very good. I'm very heartwarming and felt, you know, that people really cared. I, I put out this uh, Twitter post that, you know, Cal Ripken, watch out because we've done 156 episodes. And um, uh, Mark Sutcliffe, who is a local publisher here in the city of Ottawa, runs the Ottawa Business Journal. He's a, a writer uh, for the local newspaper and also on the local radio station. He, he's basically a media man, says, hey, do that for 13 more years, pal, and then we'll talk. Um, <laughs> so he crushed my spirits, but uh, they will not be crushed. And we will yes. continue the streak. 157 consecutive episodes. What's new in your end of the world there, Asif? You know, it, it's been good. I, I've been uh, I've been able to actually be at home for like an entire what? week, uh, which hasn't been heard of for a while uh, around here. So, so that's been good. Got out to uh, an interesting event the other night uh, here in Toronto um, to catch up with some folks and uh, met up with some some of the Rogers Media uh, guys, the publishing side. So that had some good conversations about the magazine world and where that's going. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's been it's been nice, and uh, it doesn't last for long. I'm I'm leaving on uh, on Tuesday uh, and uh, heading off to uh, to Scotland for the launch of our newest chapter, the Edinburgh chapter um, over there, which is so that's this coming uh, Thursday on the 28th of November. I'll, I'll be over uh, for that and uh, excited uh, about. Uh, prospects for that looks like we're gonna have a full house so amazing and you get to go to scotland yeah that's what you probably probably be just as cold as here but that's okay it's scotland it's different it's It's a a different cold it's great yeah like you know like why don't you open up like the northwest territories or like um you know why don't you open up like uh i I don't the alaskan version uh the alaskan chapter yeah no pick the places you've always wanted to go the Callowit. The Nunavut chapter of the Location-Based Marketing Association. I will go up there and open that. It'll be me okay. and a couple of guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not quite on my radar. No. I but, uh, yeah, we got some interesting new chapters on the horizon, so there'll be lots more to talk about in the new year in particular, in uh, in the first and second quarters. I mean, lots, lots going on next year in terms of uh, Australia and Brazil and China and what? all kinds of places we're going to so yeah so does that mean that you get to go there or is this just uh you're just going to tease us with this stuff is that uh... yeah no I'll, I'll i'll be there i'll uh i, I don't miss a, an opening of a chapter for sure 
I love it. It's like our mayor. He never misses the chance to cut a ribbon, right? You're you know, the mayor of Mobile. Uh, did you see the piece, uh, the, the yes. Conan O'Brien piece with uh, 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 Ron Burgundy and all that? That's, it was I very mean, funny. Everybody's oh, wow. working full, though. Yeah, it was I funny. love the lover boy, man. I love it. All right, getting into the political arena. I am a little as well. treat that I wanted yeah. to, to bring up. My dear, dear, dear friend, Mayor Rob Ford of Toronto. Um, <laughs> is running for re-election, okay. and I, I hold him in the highest regard. He is the best. Okay. And, really? Uh, He's the best? Oh, outstanding individual. And uh, his little brother, Donnie, or Dougie, or whatever. Um, <laughs> but he's asked me to sing the campaign theme song for his re-election. This is controversial. He's a controversial figure. And he's you're... Uh, controversial because he's so damn honest. Yeah. Okay, so you've chosen to sing the campaign song for Mayor Rob Ford. Of course, who wouldn't? Okay. Yeah. All right. It's a little, uh, one of his favorite bands from Calgary, Loverboy. And uh, uh, I am just so thrilled. Yeah. You're gonna... he, he's the best. Okay. You're going to sing this for us? I'm going to sing it for you right now. Well, this is don't... fantastic. Uh... Everyone's watching. See what you will do. Everyone's looking at you. Looking at you, Rob. Everyone's wondering, will you come out tonight? Everyone's trying to get it right, get it right. Well, everybody's working for the weekend. That's right, Rob. Everybody wants a new romance. Everybody's going off the deep end. Don't do anything stupid, Rob. Everybody needs a second chance. It's a great Canadian, uh, great Canadian. In fact, there's a mashup right now out there. I, I, you know, I don't want to take up too much time about this. We're talking about Rob Ford because he is all the rage. He's obviously Toronto's mayor or handicapped mayor or crack cocaine uh, mayor, whatever you want to call him. He's an interesting character. He looks like uh, Farley, right? Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so they did this, uh, this mashup of uh, the Rob Ford story basically told in, in uh, Chris Farley clips of his video, of, of all of his videos that he's did. Chris Farley is, of course, dead. But uh, so they just spliced it up into the uh, Rob Ford story. It is absolutely absolutely hysterical i will um you should do a google search but you should do a google search like a youtube search for it and it is yeah. very funny for those of you who have no idea who rob ford is i'm absolutely positive you do know who rob ford is if you listen to this podcast you know that rob ford you know who he is but it's it's very 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 funny um <laughs> i'm stoned <laughs> fast you were going? I guess I was going about 65 tops. Seven miles an hour. And normally when I stop people, they pull onto the shoulder. Spent a little too much time puking off balconies. You're a huge embarrassing failure. This town doesn't even know what's about to hit. I just want you to know that as long as I'm around, I'm going to bust my butt and make sure that every last one of you always has a job. You 
can put six packs of soda in here. Want one? I'd better not. He says, wrecked him, damn near killed him. <laughs> The whole car smells like beer. They're never going to believe I wasn't drinking. He must be all hopped up on crack cocaine. Get it! Wake up! What? I can't stop! Ah! It's, it's, it's actually hysterical. But I like the Ron <laughs> Burgundy right. thing as well. Uh, we should mention the fact that we are actually going to be at the same place at the same time. We are, in fact, actually going to be at a conference together in Washington, D.C. Uh, at Motive East. Um, and that's coming up very soon, December 12th and 13th. Yes, absolutely. And uh, yeah, we're, do we're doing a, a workshop together on, on location and mobile and all of that. So excited about that. Hey, we might even have to do this show live from there, Rob. You never know. Can you imagine? How, <laughs> how would we do that? I don't know. We'll we can, have to figure that out. We could do that. We just need a camera, a couple of mics. Come on. Let's figure that out. I think that we should be able yeah, to do that. Yeah. Because we're going to be yeah, it's Friday. And, and by the way, for, for those of you who listen to the show or yes. watch the show and do your own podcasts and, and things like that, uh, when, when I was out this week uh, here in Toronto, I was at this, uh, this thing where these startups were pitching uh, their ideas. And one of the companies that's launching, and, and this is something that, you know, I, Rob and I haven't even talked about this yet, but it's something we're going to check out, but it's called Insta Radio. Um, and it, it it hasn't officially launched yet. It's just I N S T A Radio, and basically it's a it's a live to web broadcast of whatever you're doing. Wow. Um, yeah, so basically it creates a channel uh, for you, and you can push out your content, and it, it's it's crazy. So like, I mean, we like as we're recording this right now, Rob, we could be broadcasting it at the same time. Crazy, right? Technology has gone so far. It's gone so far, like broadcast television, right from your home. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're, I mean, their audio, obviously, they're focused on trying disrupting uh, terrestrial radio, but uh, we'll see where that goes. Anyhow, well, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to try to figure I this digress. out. We got, we got a big show. We do, but uh, so if you want to go to gomotive.com, uh, you can find out a little bit more about that and when our session is. And we're going to try to figure out if we can do a live broadcast sitting next to each other, camera in front, mic. See if we can do that. That'd be just freaky. That'd be awesome. I think it would disrupt the continuum. So uh, I don't See, know if we can do that. This is the kind of stuff you do once you're into your fourth year. You do. You you, you try things. You try things. <laughs> we try things. All right. So All let's. Right. Yeah, we do have a very busy show. We've got our usual things. We got a mobile minute with Chuck Martin. We got an app of the week, which is a company called uh, Spraffle, which uh, is uh, very relevant to uh, to where you're going next week. Our guest is James Smith, who's the chief revenue officer for a company called Verve. At vervemobile.com, of course, we got our resource of the weekend. Did you know, I'm just going to give you a little teaser, that uh, you don't like, you and I don't like giving away our little, uh, our browsing history, but we'll give away our location. Very fascinating study that uh, yes. that was that was uh, published on Street Fight. Um, but before we get into this, why don't we, actually, let's start with the mobile minute. We'll just get the mobile, mobile yeah. minute over with. Uh, here is Chuck Martin with our latest episode of the mobile minute. Chuck, take it away. Welcome back to yet another Mobile Minute. Hey, listen, as we're getting into Black Friday territory, how do you think mobile's gonna have an impact on the madness? 
Well, we're, we're being deluged with surveys right now that show what's going to be happening around the holiday season. Uh, the new major Accenture two th 2013 holiday shopping survey shows that, that many, 38% of shoppers are going to be heading to stores on Thanksgiving Day. So Thanksgiving is going to be where it's at. A large number, 41%, uh, won't be out until 6 p.m. or later. So it looks like people are going to be having their turkey and then in the evening heading out to the stores. Uh, and it's, it's not just one store they're going to be at either. Uh, more than a third, 38%, are going to visit four or more stores. And more people are going to be showrooming, 63%, compared to 56% last year, according to Accenture, um, which is really higher, higher projections than some other surveys are showing. Uh, the, other, the reverse of that is also true, with 65% of shoppers saying they're going to be browsing online, then heading to store for the actual purchase. So it's kind of reverse showrooming, if you will. Demographics you might expect to play a role in this. Uh, younger shoppers, those 18 to 24, 55% are going to be out uh, shopping on Thanksgiving Day. So it's really a, a lot women. 42% uh, versus men, 31% are likely to be shopping. So women are going to be really sort of leading the charge here. And basically, shoppers are looking for deals. And we know this from every study that, that we've seen over the years. 48% uh, are expecting the best discounts to be on Thanksgiving Day, Black Friday, and Cyber Monday. So get ready, shoppers. Here we go. Chuck, if 65%, if, if it's only 65% that are re researching online, what are the other 35% doing? Full, paying full price? Uh, yeah, they're subsidizing all of us, uh, and we really love that. <laughs> Just kidding. We say thank uh, you very much to that. A, a lot of them really are subsidizing is the reality. So uh, the, the, the people who are using their phones to their fullest are, are getting the deals. And that is the reason I do these things with Chuck Martin, because, man, the guy knows his stuff, especially in this space, this commerce, retail, this whole mashup of payments and everything like that. Uh, and obviously, you know what? We're about to enter this huge season, which is Black Friday, which is this coming Friday, and it is going to be crazy. And you're going to not even be here for this, are you, Steve? You're going to be watching it from abroad. I will. Wow, crazy. Well, yes. Chuck, Chuck, we really appreciate you letting us do this. I appreciate that you do this with me every week. And uh, if you, again, if you're interested in subscribing to the Mobile Minute, you can do that from untether.tv, wherever these fine products are sold. Ha. All right, so you're heading to Scotland. You did some research. You found a uh, Scottish company called Spraffle. I did, yeah. So this was, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm trying to gear up for make sure I know what's going on in the local market. Uh, and I came across this company for, that's based in Edinburgh called Spraffle. They've been around for a couple of years. Uh, and, uh, you know, basically, it, it's the name comes from, as I found out, it, it, uh, there's uh, the term Spraff is a, is a Scottish term that basically means to, like, you know, yammer on or chit-chat or, you know, just kind of, you know, yeah. Be like Rob. Be like That's Rob. What it means. Yeah. Spraff. Um, but anyways, so they've launched this platform. Uh, it's been, as I said, been around for a little while now, and it's it's all about uh, posting messages anonymously based on location anywhere in the world. Uh, so it's not only a Scottish thing; you can do this anywhere, um, and it's completely anonymous. Like you're not, uh, you know, nobody's following you and and waiting to get messages because because you know they care about what you have to say. Uh, you're not checking in anywhere. There's no points. There's no badges. There's None of that kind of stuff. It's just straight up anonymous location-based sharing of messages, um, and uh, you know, I, I think it's it's kind of cool. I, I think you know, like the, the social discovery element of that is kind of cool. It's it's interesting. Uh, obviously, you need to have some curation uh, or moderation of this, uh, which they allow for as well. They've got people who are checking to make sure that uh, it's appropriate what's being posted <laughs> out there. Um, but yeah, take a look. S P R A double F L dot com uh, is how you how yeah. you spell it. Dot com. Uh, what do you think, Rob? 
I, you know, I love the way that they talk about this. They call it the anonymous social experiment. And, uh, you know, I, it's funny because it goes right up against what, what uh, Google is doing with, uh, with YouTube these days, which is that in order mm. to leave a comment on YouTube, you have to set up a Google Plus account now and be there's no longer any anonymous posting. And, and I think that a lot of the blogs went that way. I know TechCrunch did with uh, Facebook uh, integration. So you, you cannot be anonymous anymore to be able to leave comments. And, and while that's cut down the clutter and... The, and um, and uh, uh, and the number of comments, it's actually improved the quality of the comments. So I'm not sure about this, but they call this the social, the anonymous social experiment. And they say, listen, you don't have to. There are uh, there are unlike all the, all the other social networks, there are no friend networks to build, no people to follow, no check-ins, no badges, no points. There is absolutely no history. It's completely open. And in fact, they're actually building out an SDK or an API for this as well, which I think is is fascinating. This is it's it's neat. Um, and I'm so intrigued, but I think it could get, could get uh, contentious or litigious very quickly. Uh, yeah, and th there, there's a ratings and review piece on this, so you can actually, you know, rate messages, um, you know, that that you've read on this thing. Um, and while it's anonymous, so you don't know who posted the message, the you, that feedback or the rating can go privately uh, to the person that posted the message. So, oh, really? Uh, yeah. So that is a feature in here. Well, you know, it, it just it takes me back. There's a uh, a slight digression here, but it, it shows you the the um, the impact of an improper comment or two. Yeah. Um, and uh, so there's a uh, there's a company here. Uh, there's a, a restaurant in Ottawa called Kinky. It's a sushi bar, and uh, the owner um, there is uh, the only way I can describe her is batshit crazy, right? She's she is insane, and uh, you know maybe that's litigious, but um, <laughs> there was a woman who went in there and uh, had a very bad experience with the food, the service, everything about the restaurant. So she went on to Yelp and she gave it a very bad review. Then that crazy owner of the restaurant uh, of Kinky um, went out of her way and started slamming her, signed up for a whole bunch of different services with this woman's name and email address and started uh, basically uh, ruining her, uh, um, her not, not credit, she didn't go in and steal her identity, but I guess her this reputation. is a person, destroyed her reputation. That woman found out who it was, basically, and, and uh, charged her, and then she was actually charged and went to jail. So you start to think about something like that, and this is an Ottawa restaurant called Kinky, where the, the <laughs> owner is nuts and this is what she did with one bad review from one woman who basically wow. raked her wow. own so I, I i like this idea as spraffle but i think that but when you start to think about the implication of being too honest it, it's uh the challenge is this could happen right if you find out who that person is yep. so yeah for sure spraffle.com it's available on iphone right now only android's coming soon and uh, interesting about the api yeah, yeah, for sure. I love I love when uh, companies open up the platform like, like that and let others use it. So, all right, you're gonna have to let us know how it goes if they if they're they're there. At the I will. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've invited them to to the event next week, so let's see if they uh, they can come out and tell us a little bit more. All right, very cool. Well, our first story we got six of them, and yeah, we're only like nine hours into the show already. But our first story is about um, this company uh, called Place Code uh, partnering with Friendly's Restaurant, where essentially uh, the the this is a promotion that delivers scannable place codes to households on the coupons, and basically you, you uh, the consumer will then scan that that coupon. It's a, it's a QR code, and it will actually help you find either a Friendly's restaurant or a place where they sell Friendly's ice cream. Give you the directions to the closest store, and I think this is this is fascinating. This is you know that blending of you know, you be able to judge the impact of something like this pretty quickly uh, because of the scans. Yeah, it, it, it's that mashup of online and offline, right? Yeah. Um, 
you know, and I, I actually tried it, like, because the, the, uh, in the article I read, they had the, the link that you can actually go to the place code for friendlies, like the master yeah. code for friendlies. And so I went to, uh, to, the, to the, the URL, and it asked me to share my location. And when I did that, it basically, I mean, there's none in Canada, but it popped up the ones in upstate New York that were, that were close to Toronto. Um, and uh, and you, you saw that right away. So, I mean, it, like, it's, it's, it's neat, I think, that you can drive... You know, location-based, you know, web search, you know, uh, traffic from a you know a code that is is sitting on a coupon or on maybe on on the box of ice cream or whatever, yep. um, and and so they have this as you know you can you can do this kind of universal search uh, that shows all the all the friendlies locations near you or or you can uh, have it be very uh, specific to the one you know that happens to be in your neighborhood. Uh, so they've got kind of the, what they call a master code, and then a uh, you know a, a location you know um, you know regional one, uh, so to speak. So yeah, this is kind of neat. And and friendlies, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to one, Rob. I, I have. There, there's actually one near uh, where uh, where we go to in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, every year. And uh, so we'll go there for ice cream with the kids. Um, and uh, yeah, it's great. It's uh, you know it, it's it, it, it's it's just like everybody goes there with their families for ice cream. Right and sounds uh, good to me. You know, so so if you've got this, if you if you've got their product at home or you want it at home, you know, and you just need to know, you know, where to get it. Uh, you bought it in the grocery store. And you need to know where you can get to to want to experience it. You know, in setting, you know, this, it's a good way to drive traffic. I think, and I think it's a good example of things that you can do. So we all get these kind of brochures in the mail. We get our IKEA brochures. We get our Sears brochures. We get our you know whatever restaurant brochures and i think that uh, this is this is probably just a good example of bridging that gap between the paper and uh, and digital so place codes good company it's placecodes.com if you're interested in that and uh, they yeah, yeah. And, and just one other side comment i was yeah. as i was reading more about place codes it's actually a company that i wasn't all that familiar with and so they not only do they have these codes that drive traffic to location they have a time-based version of it as well so they also did a project with a um a comedy festival now I forgot which one um, and, and so obviously the festival runs over you know a few days and uh, and so they, they could actually drive you know codes that help you identify you know when when the event is happening um, you know they, that you're looking for so that that's cool too that, that that they can trigger them based on on time or date I like that I, I like that a lot and, and that's the flexibility of these things. You just got to get them into your printing cycle and onto the coupons and yeah and, it, and it's the first start. Now the second thing to be able to do, I think that the next stage of this is allow me to buy and have it delivered. Same day delivery, right? Come on. Yep. Come on. Amazon same day delivery, world's biggest company on the planet delivering your ice cream cold when you need it the most. Come on. Gotta like that. Placecodes.com. All right. All right. Macy's. Yeah, so our second story uh, is is really a story about Shopkick uh, and and Macy's um, being the first customer uh, of this new uh, this new service that they've rolled out. But you know we've talked about Shopkick you know a few times on this show, especially back in in probably uh, year one, I would say. Uh, you know when they launched you know their 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 technology, their ultrasound based technology for you know detecting uh you know where people were in a store uh that had the shopkick app and the kickbox program you know which is their loyalty program uh that gives you rewards and all of that and Macy's is one of the was one of the original customers on that still is obviously uh Best Buy Target others had been uh experimenting with it but you know the as much as the you know the the volume of shopkick users is growing i mean they're up to 8 million users now i understand 
um, you know, they, they've, they've had some challenges. And the challenges, I would say, are really, you know, the, the, the original platform, the ultrasound platform, does require, you know, hardware installation of these, you know, these devices that emit that, that, that frequency, that sound that the, the smartphone app can pick up. And so, you know, now as we've seen huge progression in the indoor location space, um, you know, what's happening is, is, is that, you know, Apple with iOS 7 and the iBeacon technology is, has really rocked the retail world. Everybody's jumping on board and testing this thing. And Shopkick's sitting there going, well, we better get on board with this or we'll be, you know, sort of irrelevant. And so, you know, if you're not familiar with Shopkick, you know, and Macy's, basically, you know, you walk into a store, the original platform can detect where you are as long as you have the, the Shopkick app, but the app must be open and running. In order for that to happen, so you launch you you launch the app when you walk into a Macy's store, and it can then detect where you are in the store and then push you relevant content or, or offers or what have you. And so what they've announced now is this thing called Shop Beacon, which basically you know leverages the iBeacon technology to do the same thing, except for because iBeacon is on the iOS platform is you know connected to things like Passbook, you don't have to actually have the app running. Uh, it it can just you know push notifications to you trigger something uh, because yeah. it knows because it knows the device is there, um, and so uh, you know on the one hand I think this is a good move for Shopkick to you know be a little bit more generic and a little more appealing to the retailers that are you know basically you know jumping up and down to to, to test iBeacon right and uh, you know I mean it's not even readily available yet. Um, you know, and everybody's trying to sign up to the developer program and get on board with iBeacon, and so Shopkick sitting there going, you know, we're we're going to die if we don't, you know, if we don't do this, right? Uh, at the same time, I think it's you know everybody's doing iBeacon, right? So, you know, what makes you unique and different here at Shopkick? I don't know really, other than you know you're saying, hey, we we have a hybrid solution, which is our app with our loyalty program combined, you know, with, with the traditional ultrasound technology combined with iBeacon. Yeah, you know, it's it's. Uh, I mean, they still it still requires hardware in the store, um, and I guess what what their big thing is that they've got, as you said, a number of millions of users that are already using this that can then uh, yeah. seamlessly roll it out into Macy's. And Macy's has always been a big supporter of what these guys are doing. But that was my question: is what about their own technology? Like, you always hate to be the first company in with new tech, right? Uh, like the the ultrasound piece was 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 you know the real first indoor location thing that we ever heard of, right? Uh, when it came yes, to implementation. For sure. So For sure, they were early on. But it shows you, you know, it, it, it takes a company like Apple uh, with low energy Bluetooth and the iBeacon technology to be able to make this a mass product. Like we all have, anybody who's upgraded to the operating system has the capabilities already on the device with low energy Bluetooth and you just need a, a beacon on the other end uh, to be able to wake your device up. But it just shows you the, the challenges here for anybody trying to create a standard where a company like Apple or, you know, an operating system or, or a company like Samsung building on Android can then go in and do something like this and wake up the world and take them in a different direction, right? Make it easy for everybody to be able to do this. And that's what Apple's, uh, you know, plan was all along. We saw the example from City Field in New York. We're about to see it inside of Apple stores. Yep. Um, and and here we are, uh, you know, with, uh, with Shopkick doing it inside of Macy's. I, I still think that there's value because Shopkick is more of a loyalty play now than anything. That's that's what they've, uh, they've become. There, there is, right? But you know, on the technology side, it, yeah. you know, you have, you have to also think about. You know, I mean, we talked about this just a few weeks ago with Shazam. I mean, the Shazam technology is not, you know, is is, is very similar yep. to, to the original Shopkick platform. Yep. I and mean, Shazam's got, you know, 
380 million people. 400 million users, right? Not, you know, 8 million users. Yeah. Um, You know, if Shazam teams up and says, hey, we're going to do iBeacon 2, you know, and, you know, what does that mean for a company like Shopkick, right? Yeah. So, so I, I just worry about you know what is the unique piece here really for them now. I wonder. Um, I wonder if they're and, exit. And it can't be you know we have a loyalty program and eight million people. No, but I wonder. I know, wonder if there's a lot exit, of people who 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 have that. Could could their exit just be that Macy's rolls them into them? Like it could. Yeah, could they become maybe. Macy's Macy's uh, loyalty program, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who could knows? be. But I I mean I just like all of a sudden. This whole indoor stuff that you've talked about for so many years is now escalating, and uh, it, it is uh, we're at the beginning of this, and it's a massive industry. But it takes a company like Apple, or somebody who has a a, a pervasive platform, uh, to be able to open this up. And it's just low energy Bluetooth, so it's not it's not limited to the device. Um, but man, like it just overnight, yeah. your business changed. For sure, crazy. All right, all right. So uh, yeah, the third story here, like this is an interesting one, you know. Um, Place Place IQ. Uh, we've talked about it many 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 times. They've just been awarded. They were awarded a patent. Um, I think earlier this uh, this year, and um, they are what getting into the precog pre-visit predictive uh, intelligence uh, piece of uh, for analytics to see basically who you are, what you are, and what you bought and where you've been. And is this the yeah. cookie that we've been talking about? That mythical cookie. This is all about the cookie I've been talking about. Uh, I love absolutely love this company. First of all, yeah. they're you know they're they're doing they're providing exactly what the agencies and brands want yeah. which is you know how do we measure the effectiveness of all this location based stuff and so we talked you know a little while back when they launched the PVR the place visit rate as a new metric around this space and and how you know important that was in terms of tracking hey i saw the mobile ad did i actually go to the store yeah. um you know you know and, and looking at that movement of the device uh you know, from the identifier, um, the hash ID. Yep. Uh, and so now they've launched these two things, one called Peak Analytics. That's, uh, I hope I'm saying that right. It's PIQ Analytics. Uh, and another thing called Pre-Visit. Um, so these are really interesting because, um, you know, the, the Pre-Visit one in particular, I think is really interesting for me. That's the cookie. Um, That's the cookie. Yeah, it's all about the cookie. So basically Pre-Visit, like it, it, it looks at, it estimates actually, where the consumer was before they arrived at the physical store. Right? It's um, crazy. And, and, and that's really interesting. And then you take that data and you combine it with the, with the peak piece, which is identifying which competitors you know, the audience is likely to visit. You know, um, and, and so that kind of stuff is crazy, right? And then the PVR, which, is our, which has been there now for a little while, which says they saw the ad, did they actually go to the store, yeah. right? So it's, you know, that's estimating. Yeah, it's this flow. It's that cookie. It's that transition from you know one mode to the other. Um, you know across locations, right? And and this stuff is 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 going to be invaluable to any brand. You know that's that's looking to measure. You know how effective these mobile campaigns are. These ad campaigns are. Uh, well said. Like this is just absolutely. You, you know this this is the kind of stuff as you said that uh, that retailers marketers are dying to know and and yep. you know we've often talked here and I talk about Chuck, with Chuck about this all the time is that is that the path to purchase is not straight anymore there isn't a linear uh, you know decision making process to actually paying for it with your with your money uh, and that's what I love about Place IQ is that they're giving the information enough information to be able to take uh, you understand that I'm going to spend a hundred bucks but. What I'm spending on is now up for grabs, and I think that with with PIQ and uh, pre-visit, 
uh, and, and the attribution analytics piece, all of a sudden you've got that ability to, to make a sway, make that consumer change their mind about what product they want to buy and from yep. what retailer they want to buy it from. And I think that, that really, it's like World War Three in the middle of retail. And I think that's very, very, very cool. And these guys are, are creating it. Place like he was creating this turmoil because they're opening it up like this. And I, I, I'm a huge fan of what they're doing. Yeah. Awesome. Very, very cool. Oh, look at that. Three really cool stories like place codes, Macy's deploying Shopkick, uh, Shopkick's uh, Shop Beacon technology, and uh, Place IQ announcing the PIQ analytics and uh, pre-visit, pre-cog, the mobile cookie, whatever you want to call it. We're starting to see it, and I think this is very cool. Three stories down, three to go. Before we get to our fourth story, though, we have a special guest. His name is James Smith. He's the chief revenue officer for a company called Verve. Hi, everybody, and welcome to that interview part of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. We are joined today by James Smith, who is the Chief Revenue Officer for a company called Verve. And uh, he is in charge of all sales and all marketing for this company. And we are welcoming him with open arms. James, thank you for coming on and sharing your story, man. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you. You are in New York City. I'm just going to go through the facts here. You're in New York City, one of the greatest cities ever. I don't know if you can see over my shoulder here. There's a little New York Yankees. I don't know if you're a Yankees fan, but there's a yeah, absolutely. big Yankees fan. Uh, you know, you're across the you're across the river from, uh, you know, what I call Mecca, which is uh, Bruce Springsteen's home state, New Jersey, the Garden State. And you're also right in the middle of what I would consider the most exciting spot when it comes to location-based marketing or marketing or mobile marketing on the planet. And I need you to tell people what you guys are doing. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for all that. Uh, we like to think of ourselves as being right in the square center of location-powered mobile advertising. So uh, as a backdrop, we at Verve have been doing location-based mobile advertising uh, longer than anyone probably. We've been doing it for eight years. Since eight years? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. We're a startup that's... Uh, well, we're not really a startup. We're a technology innovator. We're about 120 people in the company now. Uh, we've got offices all around around this country. We really started as a technology uh, company building mobile apps and websites for literally thousands of news sites, some of the biggest in every single DMA. Um, so if you're in San Francisco, SFGate, SFCron, uh, uh, um, the uh, channel uh, NBC affiliate, uh, SanFrancisco.SF.com, all those were built and powered and still are. Uh, by Verve and you know the, the deal that we make with those folks is that uh, we can go out and sell sell the advertising and of course they, they get some revenue in return uh, as part of that but what that means is we've been able to build a location-based platform on which we can test and then execute location-powered mobile tactics and we believe we've gotten you know very good at it uh, there's a lot of people in the marketplace but few who power and actually own the inventory, or I shouldn't say we own it, have the inventory and have the visibility into what's called first-party data, which is crucial in the location space. We find it is what is the key differentiator. If you're going off of a lot long and you don't have first-party data, you're making a guess as to where the source of that lot long is. It could be the zip code that somebody entered when they registered for a particular app. It could be the tower that's closest to them, which could be very far away, depending on what state you're in. But when you're looking at first-party data, when you have inventory that nobody else has, and you can look at that, you can come up with the best tactics, the best technologies, and the best location data, which ultimately means better performance 
engagement for consumers and results for marketers. And then on top of all that, uh, what we're in fact getting into very deeply right now is what's called attribution. And really what that means is proving that this advertising works by using some of the same technologies, by being able to track a lap long to a device into a retailer after we've served an ad for that retailer, comparing groups that see the ads and don't see the ads and seeing whether it's more effective and where it's effective. Uh, most importantly. So we're just at the tip of the iceberg on location-powered advertising, uh, but it's really a key differentiator for, for mobile marketing. We, we're, we're hopeful that uh, we'll continue to grow and expand. Attribution is so key when it comes to understanding the impact that mobile marketing has had. Because, you know, I've seen a, a ton of survey results that say, listen, especially for retailers, that they're not really approaching mobile with any vigor simply because there is no attribution. There is no way to really quantify the impact that mobile is having, especially this coming Christmas season, uh, holiday season, Black Friday. They seem to be shying away, uh, you know, a good number of them. And it's surprising to me. But attribution is really got to be, it's that missing link right now anyways, in the early stages of this revolution, isn't it? I think, you know, we think it's an important component. I mean, primarily, um, you know, it has not typically been the job of a media provider to also do the research and study uh, and provide the results. In fact, some people would say it's a conflict of interest. We're the same people selling you advertising and we're going to tell you we swear it really works. We're so right? good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, that said, because we have these technologies, uh, because uh, you, you know we've got 50 million uh, unique visitors on our platform for whom we see first party data and another 50 million for whom we can screen uh, location data, um, we have that ability and we're putting it to use. But not just our own proprietary technology, what we've also explored is using third parties like Nielsen. Using third parties, in fact, to connect, connect the lat longs we have, the devices we have with households anonymously, um, and then providing household credit card data and transaction data and scanner data back to advertisers to show them that this advertising is working. And there's a lot more to come. I mean, uh, there are some very significant technology companies and some significant technology on its way out that actually will, you know, provide Bluetooth-enabled devices in retailers that will basically speak to the device so that it's not only do we know that somebody went in, but the actual retailer can measure, you know, how many people are driven in via the advertising. So it's a very, very, very exciting, very complex uh, world with much more to come. It's really gotten complex, as you said, like this entire industry, like it used to be simple and you come from, uh, you know, from what, like a print background. You worked at the Rolling Stone magazine for, for a little yeah. while. And but that, that, was, that was in the 60s. That um, was, in, <laughs> that was during the uh, best time ever, right? I've been in the digital space for uh, 20 years now. 20 years. But, but you know, like you, you understand and you've worked with the newspapers. You understand the pain that these guys are going through in this transitional period. And, and uh, you know, but it used to be this, this great, very simple thing is that you would put an ad in a newspaper, you would put an ad in a magazine, you would put an ad on the television, you would deliver a flyer, deliver a coupon, and then there was a direct path for that consumer to say, okay, seen ad, go buy, right? But now there are literally 7,000 steps in between where you can get interrupted in that path to a purchase. And part of that is your job, right? Is that you, you see that somebody has, you know, 20 bucks and they're willing to spend it on product A, but you look at it and say like, okay, they have $20 to spend. Let's see if we can bring them over to product B at a different retailer. Is, is, is that, like, it's gotten that complex, hasn't it? 
Well, yeah, it has, but the consumer path has always been complex. But now we have tools to see what, just how complex what, what, it is. Right, and, and, and to identify consumer. I mean, what's very exciting about this is ultimately, um, if we do this right, we're not just going to be serving advertisers better with location advertising because it's relevant and it, it's, it's in a physical context, um, but consumers, right. right? I mean, ultimately, that's when they engage. This is an ad that's meant for me that makes sense in the physical context that I'm in right now, whether it is sitting on my couch in my home, whether it sits in my office, whether it's while I'm driving, or whether it is in a mall. Needless to say, those are all different mindsets for consumers, and different types of ads, even from the same advertiser, would make a lot of sense in those situations. Now we can provide that, and I think consumers ultimately are going to appreciate that. That is James Smith, the Chief Revenue Officer for Verve. If you're interested in finding out a little bit more information about Verve, go to vervemobile.com. I have a, a little bit more of this interview that I did with James. It was too long to include it all in this uh, single episode, so I will include a link at the show notes on untether.tv. This is episode number 157 that you can actually watch the entire 20-minute interview that I did uh, with James to get a little bit more insight about what they're doing, who they are, where they're coming from, where they're going. And then at some point in the next number of weeks, I will have this star on, which is the other side of this story, uh, to tell, talk about what they, you know, their uh, impression of what uh, what's going on and this relationship that Vistar and Verve have created. So, just a he said, she, she said. There you go. Thank you, James, for coming on, and thank you for watching. Jumping back into the stories. All right. So our uh, our fourth story today comes uh, from Pinterest, uh, and uh, you know we don't talk about these guys enough. I don't think no. uh, on the show. Never heard of but, them. Uh, uh, you know, they kind of jumped on the radar this week because they launched a new type of pin that you can put on your Pinterest boards, and that is a place pin. So it's all about location, and this is really about you know giving Pinterest users the ability to map locations of the things that they're actually sharing on the on the on the pin boards. Um, so you know, if if you if you pin a restaurant, now you can tag the location of that restaurant uh, to a map. Uh, and so on, and so you know, I mean, very simple uh, in its functionality, but obviously extremely useful uh, in in, and I think very useful too in increasing the, uh, you know, the social magnification, the sharing aspect of you know the value of these boards, uh, you know, to to other users, you know, beyond your your own you know your own board, so to so to speak. Yeah, this is really effective. Like you know, I started thinking about. I, I'm not a. I don't use Pinterest. Maybe I should. Um, you know, they've introduced things like uh, the ability to pin stories and episodes, so we yep. might be able to pin, you know, do some stuff. But I was, you know, the demographic might not be right. Maybe that's shifting. But this is interesting because if, for example, I'm we're going to Washington, D.C., right? We're going to Washington. And uh, if I had friends to begin with, just if I had friends, it's another, it's an entirely other show. I'm working on therapy for that. But if, if I had friends that were on Pinterest that uh, were had spent some time in Washington and they, they pinned a whole bunch of restaurants that they liked and they reviewed and then I could actually just, they, I could just go to the Washington board basically and, uh, and pull up all the restaurants or the hotels and those kind of things. I think it's a very interesting way of planning your trips and this is, this is interesting. I thought, what, what could I use it for in Ottawa? And mm -hmm. we used to have this map of uh, high-tech companies in Ottawa. And uh, that kind of was very difficult to keep up. So if I could actually create a high-tech map of the city of Ottawa, where I could just pin where, where the location of some of these great companies are, 
uh, located, then you could get that map of the of the split of where where all the technology companies like just something simple like that. I think is very very cool, and that would be helpful and useful to people for sure. In the city. You know what we should do just just for fun, Rob. Just I'm just thinking out loud here, but uh, yeah. it might be interesting to take like you know the you know one one of these shows that we do and kind of like pin the locations of where all the where the stories are based. That is like, an so, like, awesome graphic, idea. We, we pin it in Edinburgh. You know, uh, Pinterest. We you know we pin that wherever that is. Um, you know, Place IQ is obviously in New York and so on. Uh, you know, and, and you know that'd be interesting just to create a board for for an episode. Um, yeah, let me uh, see. I'm no guarantee because you know we, we we always I'm very careful in picking these stories to make sure there's geographic spread to them. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not all North America for sure. So, yeah, that that could be interesting. That's a very good story. That's a very interesting. Speaking of which, our, our next story yes. is way on the other side of the world. Um, yeah, this is you know, Siberia. You talk about me you know, opening a chapter in none of it. Well, this is not too far. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with going to Siberia as well, man. You know, uh, yeah. this is, so, you know, I think this is very interesting. If you combined this next, this uh, story, which is called Bomb, Bomb Square, which is basically a, a, a game. It's a social game that you play over your city. It's layered over your city map with different friends, and you basically go to war. It's like a war game against your friends. Um, virtual war game against your friends on a real map. So you fight each other, you choose them, you, you battle them. I got a little video that's going to be playing in the background as you see it. Um, so if you're not watching this, that's a shame because you're going to see some gameplay and that kind of stuff. But I wonder if you could take this bomb square idea and combine it with something like Spraffle. So so if you know if there's a if there's a bad review of your restaurant, it's an anonymous battle. But I could like take go to Bomb Square and I could destroy that person who did it. Like it's <laughs> it's it's a whole intertwining of the anonymous, but you know the venom. So you take out all your frustration right in. Uh, something called uh, some bomb square, but this is neat. You go to bombsquare.com and it's and it's a war game, literally over your city with your friends. Yeah, and it, and you know when I when I came across this this week, it reminded me of last week when we were talking about Ingress, you yeah. know, the Google uh, spinoff game there, and um, you know, and that you know what they were doing with bringing that to airports. Well, you know, this, this is this is a you know this is not just some fly by night you know thing that's happening. I mean, the idea of blending gaming and location and physical location is is just in its infancy. And this this is going to be you know we you know I talk all the time about location sharing and and every time somebody asks me about the privacy issues and all that kind of stuff, I always, as you know, come back to you know value and relevance and all you know that simple equation, right? Uh, and then when we talk about you know deals and coupons and discounts and all of that right you know that for me is you know not what it's ultimately about right it's about you know content yep. um you know as the incentive for sharing location and and this kind of stuff like bomb square you know people who are on this who are engaged with this or ingress or anything like it or you know angry birds in mcdonald's locations or what have you <laughs> you know this this is not about a coupon or a discount or a deal Nope. And this, you know, isn't about anybody, they don't question, you know, their privacy, you know, of sharing their location. They just want to play the game. True. Right? And and that's and that's what I like about this kind of stuff. I, I, I am I am so one hundred percent, you know, if there's enough value like Ingress, then then people will give up their location for that. And and Bomb Square is very unique. Like I need more than one friend to be able to play it because then it gets a little uh, tired. But th this is and may, I think it has to be in English too. And I don't think that this is in English. Uh, you know, I've seen screenshots from the the game that you that you just saw on the screen and and it's not not, not English, not close to English. But this is a neat idea. And you're right. If if there's enough incentive to play, 
and it isn't going to be about a coupon. It doesn't have to be about a coupon. What was that McDonald's that we saw where they created the augmented reality uh, game on side of the table, right? That, that's another perfect yeah. example, right? Uh, man, I'll, I'll, you know, we download apps to play games on our smartphones. This is just another example of something like this. Now it's fun with because it's actually people. I'm waiting yeah. for the real life risk game. Check it out, Bomb Square. Bomb Square. Reminds me of my days playing Risk, Rob. Back. Yeah, well, that's you what I'm saying. That? Like, I'm waiting for the real time Risk game that I can play against you. Like, hey, look, I got the Parliament Hill surrounded. I'm, I'm going. I'm coming after you, right? <laughs> the Glebe area. You know, it's. I'm gonna, I'm gonna destroy you, right? I'm gonna take over Shopify. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Our yeah. sixth story. Oh. This is cool. And if you let it soak in for a moment after Steve tells you what it is, you what you will start to think about the ramifications of this and the potential of this amazing yeah so every once in a while on this show i mean every more than while. every once in a while but like pretty often now like we're, we're finding you know these these stories of just crazy you know innovation in 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 technology in hardware and software like just people doing amazing things right you remember we talked about like you know creating uh you know power out of the airwaves you know with the ambient backscatter stuff and we talked about disney doing that thing with you know basically creating energy you know using friction you know, animation friction and yeah. like crazy stuff and it's along those lines that you know today the we're talking the about amsterdam philips, wheel the amsterdam know, good wheel. old philips the lighting company yep. um teamed up with a company called Deso, which is a carpet company, and they've created something called light transmissive carpets. And this is like not like, you know, in, in prototype. This is like real product yeah. like that they're they're starting to roll out. And so the idea is is that you have a carpet that you can roll out somewhere and it's got like, you know, light uh, LED uh, you know, built into it that you can then, you know, activate and turn on to create, you know, logos or words or arrows to point direction, you know, or what have you. I mean, this is crazy stuff, right? And and so they were giving examples about using this at, you know, at trade shows to direct traffic or using this, you know, you know, in, in a hotel or what, or, you know, or what have you, I mean, like, or in an airport. And what I love about it is that, you know, a carpet's a carpet today, right? Yeah. You know, you lay it down or you, you, or you stick down a, a floor decal you know, with your advertising on it. This is something that you can change the message, you know, whenever you want, yeah. right? Um, so, so I love this. I mean, the potential for this and it's kind of, it's, it's location specific, you know, uh, relevance is huge. Yeah, and this uh, tied with a smartphone uh, with probably something like iBeacon or low energy Bluetooth tied into the LED lighting, into the woven into the fabric. You can start to like just, Think about the potential. It is absolutely amazing. So, like, think about uh, when you're going to a movie and you're trying to find your theater, and and uh, you know this can take you down that path. Think about it at a trade show, which I think is amazing to begin with. Is that uh, you know if you're if you're on a track and uh, you've just seen a keynote and you you've got these breakout sessions you want to get to, and because you've chosen the breakout sessions, for example, it also directs you to the appropriate booths inside of that yeah. display, right? Like th that kind of all done by the carpets, all dynamic based on who you. You are and where you are i you just start to think about the display and it's not like crappy little lights and like little flashing lights no the pictures are crystal clear amazing and this is in a this is a product the only problem is that it's only launching in EMEA next sometime next year uh and it's you know what though rob i, I think that's cool I, I think that that like you it's know the cool fact for us is, isn't launching in the u.s yeah. and like you know other markets are gonna like you know pioneer this thing and get it going i think that's cool yeah, and you know, but it, I, the, I mean, the, it's a Dutch company, right? It is. Phillips? It so. is. 
but you, you know the greatest thing they were talking about this is that um this would tie into their lighting system and it would tie, tie into everything mm. that you know that they that they brought over here but you know you, you're right in the fact that it's cool that it's not coming to north america right away uh I, but i think that this what this tells us very clearly is that if you think about where they're launching europe middle east and africa is that where are these are emerging markets but they're leading when it comes to mobile and technology right? yeah. and mobile payments and mobile banking and all the things those are the test beds for everything that's going to come this way they're worried about uh, i mean they're already doing payments uh, they're doing uh, you know carriers as banks they're doing all that kind of stuff and we're worried about I instagram filters right it just shows you this great divide where do they think is the more mature market to launch this it, kind it of stuff it sounds like it, it's a perfect Perfect mashup for uh, you know our LBMA sort of pilot lab kind of programs to get with these guys and hook them up with some interesting mobile, you know, uh, smartphone location stuff uh, and, and connect this thing up and, and run some interesting tests. But yeah, you, you bang on, and I think that that's. Uh, but it just shows you, man, they're focusing over there because they think that the market is more ready for this kind of stuff over there than they are in North America. And, and whether that's right or not, I don't know. I haven't talked to anybody, Phillips or Desso, but. I just it's it's a sign you're looking for trends so yeah looking at these things for sure love it Phillips and Desso that is very cool uh, LED flooring uh, basically LED lighting uh, woven into the fabric I just can't wait till I get my t-shirt my real t-shirt right with the lights and hey boom, boom, boom. anyways those are the six stories you cannot tell me that there are better you, you know what's coming out of that Rob you know what's coming out of that what's right that? what's that yeah you know, as soon as you said that I was like now all of a sudden Rob's gonna have the mood ring t-shirt <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> and you're gonna see like if you're talking you know a story that comes up it's gonna be like red right yeah, flaming yeah, yeah. red yeah yeah uh, you know what but if you can do it man i would I, I that's something that i would buy the woven fabric and uh wearables and you know you start to think about what they're doing with led lighting into into fabric based on like and if i'm having a health crisis you know like just just yeah. sit back in a dark room and think about what the implications are these i i implore you you will think of business ideas but I was, as I was saying, the, those were six amazing stories. Tell me one story that you'd want to replace. And if you have one that's better than that, why didn't you tell us? You know how to reach us. Asif at the LBMA.com. Rob at Untether.tv. Why are you not reaching out telling us your stories if they're better than that? If they're not, don't send it. Because that's the quality that we got on the show. It's always been that way. See if curate some of the best news from yep. around the world. So those are the six stories. If you have one that's better... Or if you just have one that we can add to these, please reach out. You know how to do it. <clears throat> Last piece here is, hey, listen, I, you know, as our resource of the week, Asif, um, I kind of agree with this wholeheartedly. I've often said that, uh, you know, the, the, the measure of you as a human uh, is does this, is that uh, Facebook is the way that you want to be portrayed to the people that you want to impress. Am I right? Facebook yes. and LinkedIn are in that way. So one is personal, the other one is business. Uh, the true you comes in when, uh, if you ever exposed your search habits through your browser. So everybody says, look, the, the way that you want to be portrayed is Facebook. The way, the way that you actually are is your search or your search terms. So it doesn't surprise me that mobile users are more willing to share their location than their actual browsing history. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with this. So, I mean, <laughs> this is a study by, uh, Millward Brown, uh, the street fight, uh, published, uh, over 1,500, almost 1,600 people uh, were surveyed in this, consumers um, who, had, who had downloaded a mobile app in the past year, 43% of which said they were willing to share their location uh, with companies, and only 10% said that they would share their browser history. I, I mean, wonder why. Of course, right? Come on. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, it's. What else can you say to that? 
Right? You can't argue it, nope. right? I mean, you're bang on. It's it's exactly that Facebook argument. It's like, who do you want to be and who are you really? Yep, that's exactly what it right? ends up being. And so the, the, there's no surprise here other than, you know, a couple of statistics that they say 43% of consumers who indicated they preferred receiving offers through SMS. Um, and more than half said they would prefer a message that was targeted based on their location. So, you know, these, these, are, these are things that we've been talking about forever, but it's good to see that, you know, in comparison to something like the browsing history, I think that's a unique approach to this, but not, not much new here, but just reinforcing the fact that targeted, tailored, contextualized information at the right time, holy cow, huge impact. Mm. Yeah, and people are willing to give it up. And oftentimes they're, they're willing to give it up for free, which is crazy to me. Right. Absolutely. Ask for money. So this is at uh, Street Fight Mag, but we're going to have a link. Well, this is just a story. Should I just link it out to the Street Fight Mag? Uh, yeah, we com? can just link it. Yeah, it's been up for a while. It's not not that new. It's not that new. But uh, if you go to uh, streetfightmag.com and do a search for mobile users willing to share location, uh, you'll find it. Or you could just come to Untether.tv episode number 157 and click on the link because that's what we do. You click on a link, it takes you right there. Well, Asif, so uh, you are going to Scotland next week. That is it for this show. Um, we're going to try to figure out when we're going to do this. Probably uh, a bleary-eyed one of us, right? Yes. At some point. We'll do it live from Arthur's seat in Scotland. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Blasphemy. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, exactly. That's one way to, yeah. to get thrown out. But um, yeah, we'll be yeah. we'll be definitely back for episode number 158, which means 158 consecutive weeks. Um, and uh, we're, we're striving to go after uh, Cal, Cal Ripken. Um, I, I think that we should get uh, some 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 award or something like that. What's the longest standing podcast? I don't know. Who knows? Probably Twit. Leo Laporte's uh, This Week in Tech. It's like 400 and something episodes. we got a ways to go. Catching up, though. Well, and he's a little older than us, right? So, uh, you know what? If we just keep going, we he's time. bound to retire. Someone's bound, you know. We'll, yeah. we'll, we just we'll need that big contract, Robbie. You know, like you know, you know how these 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 hockey players they just they go and sign these like twelve year deals. Like yeah. I mean, that's what we need, right? <laughs> we need a twelve. We need a 12 <laughs> Who wants year. to do that, right? By the way, we're we're always open for sponsorship here on this show. If anybody is interested, we're we're happy to uh, to talk to you about that. Did that's you know cool. that this podcast, Asif, this very podcast, audio video syndication partners that we have, reaches uh, somewhere between forty and forty five thousand people every single month? Did you know that? It's crazy. I, I did know. That. Yeah. But I'm sure that people out there don't. They're, we're not just two guys sitting here talking to each other. You listen. You are listening to this. So we appreciate that. Spread the love. Sp share it. Give us a uh, you know a review wherever you download this. Or put some money in our pockets and we'll keep talking. All right? There you go. We're done. Episode 157 in the book. We'll be back for 158 next week. Until then, a safe, safe travels. Enjoy Scotland. I can't wait to hear how things are going there because it'll be the day after the event that we connect again. And for those of you who are listening, watching, wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thank you so much. And we'll see you next week on This Week in Location-Based Market. Later. Cheers. <laughs>